Good morning, good morning, good morning. Just to begin with, I'd like to summarize what we initiated last week and to take it a little bit further this week. Last week we, we discussed why, why we have to we are a understand that the Hafana Musa Seda is a half an hour of silence the Ilunishmas Rebisrael. Why do we have to that was a joke. Why do we have to visit our faults onto this poor innocent Balchiva? So when we when we looked at Rebisrael we saw that in order for a person to be successful in the process of change and the whole noise of a Baal Tshuva is a process of change in order for that to occur one has to in one way or another come on to Musa Rabbi Shrel redefines what we may have thought what Musa was we would have thought Musa was as we parodied last week the man shockling backwards and forward in a throaty voice issuing, issuing utterances of fire and brimstone rather Musa is the psychology of self and it's a mechanism of change so therefore for a Baal Tshuva to be able to make any progress on a deep core level to change behaviors is relatively simple to go to the shop and to find the right shade of white shirt and black pants is not one of the greatest shopping challenges a person has ever encountered. But for real change to occur, you need Musa. Because that is the medium of change and therefore Musa is a must. That was the first point that we entertained. The next point we went on to was in order for that Musa to be effective we have to shift our perspective of what learning from a Musa Seif is. We may have thought that the study of a Musa Seif is you take the book, you read the words and now you know what to do. The Musa book is direct instructions for life. Mistakes is Ramchal. A Musa book is not a cookbook a musa book is not a cookbook a cookbook is relatively simple you have the ingredients you follow the recipe you come out with a cake musa book is not a cookbook you have the ingredients you have the recipe you come out with a mess unless you do something which the Ramchal says at the end of his book and that's called you have to personalize the message. You have to see how that klal applies to my protein. My life is an enormous, enormous collection of protein according to the type of person that I am, according to the situation that I'm in. The fact that I'm in Eretz Israel and not in Vancouver is enough kemina legabe avoida. The fact that I'm living in 2014 and not 1856 is enough kemina legabe avoida. The fact that I don't have a nevoah is also enough kemina. All those are protein. The fact that I'm now in Kolo learning is one Derek in Avoida. The fact that maybe in a few years' time you'll be out there in the field doing something else is a different Derek Avoida. So when the Ramchal speaks to you, he's speaking to all those people. How can he speak to all those people? He's only saying one vote. Answer. When you understand the vote, when you understand the Klal, then you're able to apply it in new situations. Did we discuss the inner tennis coach? We discussed the inner, we didn't discuss the inner tennis coach. That's, that's a crap. The person that founded this whole notion of coaching in the modern world, he was a tennis coach from San Diego. Now, how many of you have played tennis in your life? Ah, impressive, impressive. So, if you've ever been coached by, te- by a tennis coach, the old method of coaching went like this. You met your tennis coach, he said, in order for you to make a solid, first thing is you meet your racket. So hold your racket, he says, now hold it, Firmly like you're shaking someone's hand. My tennis coach wasn't yeshivish. <laughs> you know, 
when you hold your when you hand you hold your tennis racket firmly, then you'll be able to return the ball with greater force. Make sure your elbow is bent. Make sure that your left leg is forward. Make sure, make sure, and he gave you a whole list of protein, 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 protein. Now, there was a, a kind of coaching. There was a coach in San Diego that came up with a whole revolutionary approach to coaching, which was as follows. He'd take the people for the first lesson, and he wouldn't speak about rackets, and he wouldn't speak about anything. He'd just okay, say, say to the person, say after me, bounce, hit, bounce, hit, bounce, person says bounce, hit, bounce. As you're saying it, as you're saying it, he said hold this racket, the person holds a racket, and then you start to throw balls at him. Bounce, hit. Keep on saying bounce, hit. And what happened was, the person, when he is confronted by the ball, he had to make decisions as to how to hit it. Then the coach would come in and adjust it. And he'd say, maybe try what happens. What happens when you, when you bend your legs a little bit? What happens if you tighten your wrists a little bit? So what happens is that when the person's learning how to play, play tennis, he's not learning a series of protein. He's cupping the clull of why he's doing what he's doing, and then he can adjust to new and different situations. Whereas when you teach a person protein, you trap him in those protein. So what the Ramchal does, as almost as Swayam do, is they don't give us protein, 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 because protein, 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 trap us. They give us klolim, 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 free us. Provided you have the capacity to translate the Musa into your life. In order for that to occur, number one, you have to engage in what we call self-dialogue. Self-dialogue means you're able to differentiate between the two components which are relevant for this avoider, which are your seichel and your midas. Calls man, you are living in your midas. You can't possibly attack on yourself. You can pit one mid against another. If you're angry, you can try to have your shemaim to contain your anger. But you can't be metakin, you can't fix because you're in the middle. You have to step outside of the middle. Stepping outside of the middle is engaging in seichel and asking, how does the middle work? What makes it start? What makes it stop? How can I adjust it? As long as you're in the middle, you can't do that. In order to facilitate this self-awareness, what we suggested was, as the Chavis al says, a mechanism of engaging in an explicit fashion with the difference between the Seichel and the Midas by literally conducting a conversation. Seichel says to Midas or Nefesh, this morning, I'll give you an example. We had discussed last week the, the Ramchal and Mr. Shreem about Zahiris. You have to think before every each and every action. Have any of you thought about that Ramchal since last week? What? Gary, oh. See, Rabbi Yisrael says about Musa, he says, So I at least feel gratified that I'm really teaching Musa. <laughs> if someone would have like applied it, I would have thought, Oh, Tucker, maybe it's not Musa. So... So well, this is the situation. Good. Situation happens. Shabbos morning. This topic is still on my mind. I'm thinking about shikuladas, how you should and how you shouldn't approach. So what happens is as follows. Wake up Shabbos morning. I'm relatively happy and two young sons are awake. Son number one, eating cereal on stool. So, son number two says, I want to sit on that stool. Son number one says, no way. Son number two, in his strange dialect of English, says, if you don't get off stool, I will be mapil you. I like the variation of mapil. I try to intervene and try to, to say, my dear son, he's sitting on the stool, wait until it's finished, it's approximately two minutes, and then you can sit on the stool. I want the stool! So what happens is now, I become conscious of a rising fire within. <laughs> and what happens is, I say, he got the stool first. There's no big deal about this particular stool. Would you like another kind of chair? We are not sure, isn't it? We've got many different seat, sitting objects in the house. I offered him the entire variety from living room chairs to kitchen chairs. No, he wants that stool. Only that stool. And of course... Young son number two also only wants that stool. So what happened in the process is this side all ended up. It ended up, go to your room now. I don't want to see you. That was me. That was me. That was. So now, what happened is, in hindsight, look back on that, and then I think, was that the most effective mechanism of chinuch? And they decided it wasn't. <laughs> it was an amazing move forward. But the the point was that. 
once you, when you're in it, you're not processing it. You're not affecting it. You're just there. When you step out of it, so then you can engage. You can engage in figuring out, should I have done this? How did it work? Why did I get upset? How could I protect against this in the future? And then you've managed to free yourself from the shit that It doesn't mean that you can necessarily coivet your medis or metakin your medis at this point. But just creating that delineation that there's a seicha in the medis is a major, major, major move forward. The next thing we said is once you've done this, now you can enter into what we call, sorry, a textual dialogue, which means you can actually go and speak to a seicha. Because when you um, when you engage in the safer, the mechanism whereby you can personalize what the message for you is in your particular situation is by using the safer kiilu as your seichel speaking to your nefesh. And you engage in discussion, we may have another brief example of that very soon. What I'd like to go on to now is the second stage of what we needed to talk about, which was, we first talk, uh, spoke about learning Musa for ourselves. Once we become habituated, once we become familiar, once we become enjoy, engaged in the process of this kind of avoida, which allows us enormous richness in our day-to-day life, we're engaging in the reality of Torah the whole time, which is a prerequisite if you ever want to influence others in the realm of Torah. So now we start on, how do you actually, and what is the reason to teach Musa. So, Rabbi Israel, it's again, Rabbi Israel's style is, as you know, slightly cryptic. But I think it's worthwhile seeing it because he brings across the point extremely clearly. He brings across the point very, very clearly. Okay, so we're looking at Mikhtov Hay. Um, there should, there should be enough for everyone. There, extras coming. Okay, so now, Rabbi Shal says in Mechtov A, if you go, you find the second paragraph from the right. Says Rabbi Shal, Anachnu b'reh Hashem Yisboach. That's what we are. We are the creations of Hashem. We await His chesed. We long for His rachamim. How will we be zoiche in the eyes of our master? So really, he's talking about a fundamental point. He says, the way that we move forward, the way that we are zoich in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the way that we do what we're meant to do, is by reproducing a Ka'in HaKadosh Baruch We have to do what the Ebesh does. Ube midas tuvoi ha-prusa al kol anivroim, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's midas atoiv, which stretches over all the creations, mibli sibo kaduma lezeh. This is a crucial point. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu does chesed for us, he doesn't require a motivation. We don't do anything to deserve the chesed. He volunteers the chesed. The definition of his involvement with the creation is he doesn't wait for us and to create, to make, to come to him and appeal to him, to demand, to have a justification for a need. He volunteers the help. That's how we have to begin. This is motivation for Kiruv 101. No one out there in any secular life, in any college campus, is necessarily coming to ask you to help them out. They're living their lives, going about the by of being who they are, 
And we are now saying, we realize from a deeper perspective that the life you are living is desperately lacking in one of the most fundamental, if not the most fundamental, greatest gift we could ever give you. And I see you there, and there's no reason. You're not coming to me and asking for it. Remember, that's 101. No one's going to come and ask you to help them with Frumkai. You are going to be the Mo'ere. You're going to be the one who goes to them and embraces and reaches out to them. And what is that? That's Me'en B'yasa Olam. That's the cloud of Zikri Arabim. Zikri Arabim is, no one's asking you to do it for them. And yet you do it. And Rabbi Shal says, he goes on to say, that's the cloud of teaching Musa. Because no one's looking for Musa. Meaning no one's looking to advance themselves. But you realize this is the greatest gift you could give. Hence you go over to them and you try in a way, as you'll discuss shortly, to help them. Let's skip to the bottom paragraph. Reishis ma'aseinu the chazek yodayim rafais the Nalem al base are safe and sorry. He says the first thing we can do, the way we can express the desire to help others is to bring them to the base of Musa, is to bring them, engage them in this process of self-change. In other words, as we said last week, to become better, you can become better. To carry on as you are, you can carry on as you are. To change. And change, change. The quantity of change that a person experiences is directly proportionate to how alive you feel. Death is stagnation. Life is change. When a person becomes stagnant, even in Avodah Hashem, there's a deathly pall that hangs over him. The chidush is what creates the excitement in life. So change is... There's a story about the altar. You know, you read a lot about the altar in the Vardak. Alton Nevada sounds like the person he was. He sounds like a. I would imagine if I could. He sounds like this harsh, intense individual. There's a, a letter I read about a person that met the Alton Nevada for the first time in his life. And now the Alton Nevada, he was. His whole mahalik was change, 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 changing the whole time. And he says when he met the Alton, the Alton must have been way into his 60s. And 100 years ago, 60s was old, it was very old and he says, he looked at his face and you could not tell his age you couldn't even tell what shade his eyes were they seemed to be constantly changing from blue to brown to green he says, and he he vibrated this youthful energy he had a smile when you describe this and you understand the nature of what he was, it makes perfect sense because when a person is in the process of change, you feel the life inside of them. And that becomes contagious. When a person is in the process of habitual repetition, you feel the death, and that also can become contagious in a negative fashion. So Yisrael says that, if you want to give people the key to moving forward, we have to take them to the base of Musari. Before Rabbi Israel starts this, it's a previous day in Rabbi Israel, he says a point. He says, you want to learn, you, he describes this terrible situation. He says, imagine you're in business, and your business is failing dismally. You look at your, your annual reports, and you see that you're in massive deficit. Someone comes up to you, and they say, we have an answer for you. We've got a way of getting you out of all of your debt. Would you listen to him? It's not going to take you a long time. You just have to devote a few minutes a day to it. Would you listen to him? Sure you'd listen to him. So now, I'm learning this Rebbe Israel, and I anticipate Rebbe Israel says, We've seen a light. This night says shining. What's the light? Rebbe Israel, what's the light? Limud Musa. That's what Rebbe Israel says. You know what Rebbe Israel says? The light is Zikri Harabim. The light is not Limud Musa, it's Limud Musa La'acherim. It's not learning Musa, it's teaching Musa. Why? Why? We'll go further in your and he'll give us the answer. Bahaskel Vadas, 
When you're learning Musa, it has to be with intelligence and understanding. Believe nochein, correct preparation. But for same dolkim, there's a point. The burning lips is when it can come to the level of an emotional expression. To give a person an experience and not information. The chazorah of a marmar, is not that you give a person enormous amounts of information. It's rather you're giving one marmar again and again. What happens? You have an experience of the idea, not a knowledge of the idea. That's the bridge we said between the Seichel and the Midas. The Seichel is able to bring it down into the Midas. That's the way the dialogue continues. Each person according to what he needs. Some people need to go over one thing more, some people need to go over something else less. You have to do this. There's one thing which will cure everything. It's both physical and emotional problems. Even though habit helps, you won't get there just by doing things habitually. The middos are messed up. Are we engaged in the war of the Yetzer, which is called change? What do we do? We just do what we want to do. And what happens when you've got habits which go against Yira? I'll give you the refuah. The derech of moving forward, a massive Kiddush in Yerbisrael, moving forward yourself, <coughs> comes through moving others forward. That's what he says. And now we're going to flesh this out. When a person engages in teaching Musa, a person engages in ultimate learning of Musa. There's a lot of modern literature, very popular, in a field of social psychology which is called vulnerability. Vulnerability means that what we would call it is midas emes. That a person doesn't hide their faults, doesn't cover themselves up with a series of defense mechanisms, but he's open. How do we, through teaching Musa, Learn Musa. So now, Musa has in it, the teaching of Musa has in it a tremendous Nisayan. The Nisayan is simple and poshut that learning Musa is an incredibly easy ingredient for kilkul all of your midas. Because the minute you open up a Musa Sefer, especially if you're teaching it to Acherim, to other people, you think, Rabbi Sai. Let me tell you what the Ramchal Shari Tshuva Rabbeinu Yoyna says about Tshuva. Now, what you're dealing with is you're dealing with the people and you, in your mind, are okay. Because they are you show me to mitzvahs. And they are mamish nothing. So now you, in your magnificent kindness, are willing to bestow of some of your tzitkas and greatness upon the unfortunate masses. And you've taken out your time to spend time with the miserable louts and give of them insight into the true nature of life. So you stand there on your pedestal and you preach. And you say, Ah, Rabbi Sa, you don't understand the kind of life you're living. It's Makul Kaba Yoiser. You say, Rabbi, what does that mean? You say, Your life, technology, fair, girls, fair, pa, oh, yeah, yeah. 
what happens is what happens is you're using the Musa, you're using your means of communication as saying the real message is you're terrible, you're terrible, you're pathetic, you're awful. I'm so great, I'm so amazing, I'm so great, I'm so amazing. So that's the message that becomes a dynamic. No one learns anything. You become a bigger Balgaiva and they hate you more. So what do you do? How do you learn Musa? So Yisrael says that you have to realize, Klal Godel, Klal Godel, every single Nisoyan that someone else is having, you are having that same Nisoyan. You won't be having the same Nisoyan in the way he's having it. You won't be having the same Nisoyan in the details, in the Pratim, in the Klal. You will experience that same Nisoyan somewhere. That is a big bracha. Because that means you have within you the capacity to relate to his world. So I, I remember hearing this when Rav Leichter was teaching over this, I think with this Mechtav, another Mechtav. And... Uh, he told a story when someone approached him, came to speak to him, and this person imagined that he was Mashiach. So Rav Leichter said he had to find the part of himself that imagined that he was Mashiach. And as he was saying these words, I thought to myself, there's one thing I actually don't hold. I actually don't hold on Mashiach. And as I was thinking that, he looked at me and he said, Peretz, you think you're Mashiach. And I thought in my mind, because I was too scared to say it, um, this, you know, you're a very insightful man, but this time you've got it completely wrong. Actually, I don't think I'm a sheikh. And as I was thinking that thought, he says, you think you're a sheikh. And I was getting like, more convinced that I was not a sheikh, and he was more convinced I was a sheikh. So, explain to me how I was a sheikh. He said, let me ask you a question. You teach in a program. I nodded. Tell me, what do you feel like if you would leave the program about all those bokken that you left behind? So, I think to myself, They'd be lost. They'd be hopeless. They just wouldn't have a chance. He said, don't you think you'd be feeling they'd be lost, hopeless, and have a chance? I had to nod. He said, great. So you think you're Mashiach. Except you've got a little world. It's called your program. And in that world, you're saving the world. So you think you're Mashiach. Just, the Mashiach thinks it about the whole world. You think it about this little world. But the cloud of, without me, the world will fall into degradation. That is a cloud that you hold. And then you assured me that they'd be okay without me. <laughs> do under, but do you understand the point? So the point is now, this is fascinating. That when you go to teach Musa, you nimtzolomate. You'll be learning Musa. Because you have to personalize it. Personalize it. So just like you have to personalize a Musa to yourself, when you're learning with another, you have to personalize a Musa for him. So you meet up with the Bokha in campus. And you want to learn some Mr. Shahim. And you want to make it real for him. And he says, what's really hard for him is they're having a, a fret night. I don't know what that means, but it sounds awful. And, <laughs> and he wants to go. And he wants to go. So you've never been to a fret night. You have vague, vague knowledge of what it is. Um, it sounds like some massive party. And now you have to relate to the Nisoyan that he's having. And you want to apply it to, let's say, you're learning the Ramchal. And it says, So you want to say to him, Okay, what's the Shikla dance over here? Where does the Shikla dance take place? So you have to find in your life where you have a similar Nisoyan. So it could be that you think to yourself, one second, but that world is such a foreign world to me. I'm not into that kind of thing. So then you have to be a London. You have to chap what the klal is. What's the klal? Is the klal getting drunk? When in your life do you have a tiver to get drunk? If that's the klal. And if the klal is getting drunk and you have no tiver to get drunk, so then you have to go one step up and say, what's the klal of getting drunk? Is the klal of getting drunk escapism? If it's escapism, so where in my life do I escape? Are you following me? I'll, gi- I'll give you um, an example from, let's say, a bit of Musa that I was learning with um, learning, learning this week. The Ramchal starts of Derech Hashem and discusses the the, the Ikka Rishon is that a person is Yamin V'yeda Yesh Matsu Rishon HaKosh Baruch exists. Now there are people in the audience that don't believe in God. 
So now I have to find the part of me that doesn't believe in God. But if I don't believe in God, it's not an issue of faith, it's an issue of pranasa. <laughs> so now I have to find I have to find the part in me, I have to find the part the part in me that, that, that has that Nisayan. That has that Nisayan. And the truth is there could be times I look inside of myself, there are times when I feel that I feel a lack of emuna. And I think to myself, when are those times? And if I take him honest to myself, those times are when there's a powerful surge of midas, whether it be midas of or midas of and then for some reason I'm a supak, I lose my connection to avoid, I lose my connection to emuna. So I think to myself, aha, so vice is over here, the shaila of a lack of emuna is something when you engaged in taiva, when the midas are awake, then your emuna is subsided. And then I think to myself, taka, that's what the chazanish says in the beginning of emuna bitochen. So that makes sense, so I'm engaging in interaction, and I engage him, and I say to him, you know, let me ask a question. Do you not believe in God? Do you sometimes believe in God? Do you never believe in God? So he says, no, I have moments where I feel connected. So I say, okay, well, when do you feel connected? When don't you feel connected? So he says, well, on Shabbos, I very often feel close to Hashem. So I say, well, what is it about Shabbos that makes you close to Hashem? So he says, well, maybe it's because I don't, I'm not on my phones off and um, it could be because I'm away from my friends and you think, okay, so look at this. When you remove those factors, something else appears in its place. That also happens to me, I assure him. I also have those areas. Now, when you do that, this is what happens. First of all, you gain insight into yourself. Because the minute you understand that every Nisoyan that he's having, you're also having, you have to find that Nisoyan inside yourself, and now you become open and ripe for avoider. Then you have to think about what the Nakudas of how you're going to save yourself from this Nisayan, and then you can help him to work through that Nisayan. So what happens is, you create vulnerability when you show that you are also struggling through the Nisayanus that he's struggling through. He now feels comfortable to be real with himself. What you do is you get off your pedestal of Gaiva, and now you're relating him to him on the same playing field. So what you've done is you've removed the... Uh, the you've removed the... the negativity in the relationship. You've moved away from your gaiva. You've given him permission to accept himself. And then what you're doing is you're modeling a pattern of change. Not only have you saved his life, you've saved your own life. You're engaged in avoider. You're moving forward the whole time. And every single person that walks into your room is a new mahalach how you move forward in time. That's what Yisrael says. He says when you do this, Lil tosh harayon. Lil tosh harayon means to polish the idea. Polish the idea means you've got a diamond. That's what diamond polishing is called, the t-shirt. It's called a, you cut it and you see it from every perspective. Once you've get the, got the idea clear, then you can go into the next stage. And you come out with a revach. Now, look what he goes on further and he says. And this is the next stage. Reish is davar lahakir matzpun enosh. In order to move forward, you have to know how people work. Matzpun means the hidden part of who the person is. It's not enough to have a shitkis mahalach. You look at him and say, and it's incredible how wrong you can go with this. It's incredible. I met a guy last week, he walked into the room, and he was applying for the program, and he was like this. It looked like there's something seriously wrong with him. Looking from side to side, nervous. Like, ooh, ooh, I don't know if I want this person to be a part of this program. It looks like he's in serious need of help. That's called a Mabat Shitri. I don't know anything about him. I don't know where he was coming from. I don't know his background. It's boy, what happened was, he's a person who is a gear. He was sent to a foreign country by himself at the age of 17 not knowing the language at all. And he managed to put himself together, get a great college degree, and now he's there. But what happened was, when he was placed in this new situation, it awoke a lot of anxieties. He's a fantastic guy. And since then, he's been perfectly happy. But when you're not makir matzpun enosh, when you don't see who the person is, you will be very, 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 very negligent in the way you madrich them. The whole process of Limud Musa is a process whereby you're engaging yourself and you're engaging in them. You have to know what these tithes are. What does this person want? 
you, let's say, you and I decide that you want to form a, a Kirif program. And the goal of the Kirif program is, and you decide on the goal. The first question you have to ask yourself is, that's my goal. Is that their goal? Meaning, if you come up with a program which you think is fantastic and you'd love it, and the people that the program is meant to address would not love it, so then you've missed the point. You have to be makir, magomasai, ritsoyne v'chefsoy. What does the person want? If you don't know what they want, you can't believe, begin to deal with them. Only then can you incline them, put them into the avoida. That's how you're going to get into the war of the Yaitza. Okay, so to, to sum up, I don't know if that any, I'm not quite convinced that that was clear. Is that clear? To sum up, in order to learn Musa, you need to have engaging itself. In order to teach Musa, now you've got an entire new world open in front of you. Both your own and the person you're learning with. The person you're learning with, the crucial issue is to understand how they're working. Through understanding how they're working, you'll also come to understand how you're working. Through understanding how you'll be metakin yourself, you'll be able to metakin them. And then what happens is, the relationship that's built through this connection becomes a shared journey. That is the most effective way of Kirif. Because what's happening is, it's real. It's not that you're sitting there and and espousing nice ideas to them. You are engaged in a mahalach when you're moving forward in the voice of Hashem. And they're engaged in a mahalach when they're moving forward in the voice of Hashem. And both of you are making real changes all the time. That's phenomenal. And that's contagious. And that's much better than being right. And that's much better than saying a polished vote. Because that's something which is real. That's something which will stay. And that's something which you'll be gaining and not dropping from the process. Which means as follows. People say, you know, you're going to Kirov, how can you do that? You're putting yourself up a sakana. You show them in Israel and say, you're not going into Kirov. You're putting yourself into sakana. The sakana is not to be working with the rabbi. Not working with the rabbi, what happens? You stay in the same dal amas that you were born in and never move out of that. And what happens? Mr. Sanashi Mulamada, you yoiti, 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 yoiti. But you have to do something in life. Because didn't put you out to be Yoti, he put you out to change, he put you out to contribute, he put you out to become something great. Limud Musa is a, you mochrach to do that, otherwise the whole thing will be an absolute and total disaster. So now, we've done the text or dialogue, we've done the fact that you have to do what's called open heart surgery. The next thing I'd like to focus on is you need to and this is a really dangerous thing Musa <coughs> is very confrontational <coughs> Musa is something where we feel very comfort- uncomfortable and it very easily can c- turn into something which is depressing and just makes me filled with more self-criticism agree? you feel that? you feel that Okay. so what I've done is I, I want to give an example of how you see in the words of the Bayi Musa, no one's there to make you feel bad about yourself. And ironically, sometimes if you read something Bashitkis, it means you think it says you're horrible, you're horrible, you're nasty, you're a piece of work, rather than saying you're great, you're fundamentally brilliant and gewaldic. So I've taken a copy of, of the Rebbein Yonah's um, first Ika the Ika Harata, which for the most, pers- most people will be a depressing thing to read. And I would like to attempt to show you how absolutely simchadik the whole thing is. Wish me luck. Two different papers. Two different papers. Two pages. So I apologize for the complexity of the instructions. Two pages, both Hebrew. Wait, you're like, 
Make sure none of them are printed upside down. <laughs> if they are, you can just turn them around. The way to differentiate between the pages is by reading them and seeing that they're different. <laughs> Okay, uh, it looks like you guys are almost come to some time as corners to differentiate between the pages. Still seems to be some residual machlokes. Okay, any, any extra copy sent back down this way, there is a need for the first page. They all printed upside down, it's a big problem. Okay. We're going to start from page test Vav. Everyone has the text in front of them. Okay. Says Rabbein Yona. Hacharata. Yovin levavoi kira vomar azveis Hashem. Yovin levavoi. Yovin levavoi means it's not enough that you understand your seichel. You feel it's evil, it's bad, and it's bitter. Azwe Hashem. Step number one. Yoshiva Liboy, And realize that there is three categories of punishments. One's called Oynesh, one's called revenge, and one's called payment for doing something wrong. So now you read that. That's generally not something you want to tell anyone, right? It's the kind of thing that you avoid. You only, you don't say, you don't, you, only the brave few open this up during Elul. I think it's a mistake. There's a story about Rebbe Lopian. Whenever he did, whenever he broke a plate or a cup in his house, his mother would give him a solid frask. One day, he walks into the kitchen and he happens to coincide his entrance with that of the local chicken, the hen. The hen flies into the, chicka, into the kitchen, sees Reb Elia, becomes startled, flaps its wings, and in the process causes an entire pile of crockery to fall onto the floor and to be shattered. <coughs> Reb Elia looks at him, look at the, looks at the chicken and sees it flat. He's a small child at the time. And his mother walks in and he thinks, and he makes a kalbu if I, for breaking a small plate, get a frask, the chicken, for breaking all the crockery, will be dinner. <laughs> so what happens? His mother walks into the room, into the kitchen. She sees the chicken. She doesn't get upset. She doesn't get angry. She shoes the chicken out. And she picks up the pieces and puts in the garbage. He's astounded. Why? Why? He says, only later when I saw the chicken scrounging around in the dirt for a little piece of corn, did I realize the difference. A person who you don't believe in, who has no potential and no expectations, their actions are irrelevant. A person who is big and powerful and significant, their actions make a difference. Says the Rabbeinu Yoyna, if you're the president and you make a small blaps, you can call a, cause a world war. When you realize who you are, your own godless, then you realize if you mess up, it's significant. That is immensely encouraging. It means that your life makes a difference. 
if there'd be no rep- no re- no um, consequences to what you've done, so then who cares? Your life is essentially meaningless. The notion of Oynish means what I do makes a difference. That's an inspiring point. If what I do has no nafkamina, so then what am I doing it for? I'm essentially irrelevant. But if everything I do has a huge impact, so then I'm empowered. Gosh, I better make sure that I do my life properly. It's a vote of faith in who you are. It's a emuna in your godless. You following me? You have to be mature to hear this. I, I, once, I once, in one of the most unsuccessful drushes I've ever given, and there have been many, but possibly the most unsuccessful drushes, I tried to convey this idea, and this was a bad choice of audience-appropriate behavior. I tried to convey this idea to a group of what happened was I was in North Sydney in a very traditional, barely affiliated community and they'd had this massive like, political upset and they'd like, come together for a resolution of a Shabbos dinner and everything was like, quite sensitive and still quite prickly and I was young and stupid and, or maybe just stupid and <laughs> I decided that I'd give over this vote and the way I presented it was as follows and this is where I lost them I said, you know in Israel, put on like my speakers, you know in Israel they have bumper stickers on, on cars and they say, whoever you are, wherever you are, Hashem loves you. I would like to design a different bumper sticker. Whoever you are, wherever you are, Hashem punishes you. I just felt, it was like block. I literally felt like I'd been hit in the face by the energy that was kind of uh, ricocheted back at me. So, again, the point I wanted to make was this point, but it didn't get across. <coughs> Not at all. They hated me. I don't, think I, was, I don't think they asked me to speak there for a good few years. And then like, they gave me guidelines, you know, maybe don't speak about Gehenna. <laughs> the Yisharit of Masov, just skip a couple of lines. Fourth line down. The Yisharit of Masov Aroim, the Yoimel Bivavoy. Now look, do you see how it says, already you've seen the, in the Shari Tshuva as well, there's a self-dialogue. Interesting, no? Who's speaking to whom here? Who's speaking to whom? Who's the speaker? What have I done? How is it possible that I lost out on not appreciating the significance of my actions? Now let's go down, 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 down. I want you to go down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines down. The dialogue continues and it says, How could I have done that? How could I have exchanged eternity for a momentary pleasure? That's godless. I mean, look, look what I am. I'm a being that's the in a teva. I'm not a tevadik. I'm not a behema. I know that I'm not a behema. And therefore, this taina will appeal to me. How could I have done that? It's only an astonishing thing to say to myself if I have that internal appreciation. How could I have been like a normal animal? Look at this. This is godless. The Ebishter gave to me. Nishmas Chaim. Nishmas Chaim Neshama. For a purpose, to understand, to connect to the ultimate, and to have God consciousness surrounding me, and to be a ruler, a master of my own guf, and everything that produces, just like a coach who gave me the ability to rule over the rest of the world. Because it's so precious. Because it's so precious. And if my life has been so degraded, so that's not life. I'm way above that. I'm way beyond that. Are you following me? What appears to be admonition, what appears to be negativity, is the ultimate expression of faith in Godless. 
And you say, look what you are. You're a spiritual being. You're a person that can connect to something beyond the higher now. You're a person that realizes something more than a stake. That's godless. That's what you are. I'm telling you that's what you are. Because if that's not what you are, this whole mimus doesn't appeal to you. So the premise of this is this godless haruach. This yashrus. That's godless. Yes? Successful? Unsuccessful? Successful. You can always see that the Bali Musa aren't there to make you feel bad, they make it to feel good. But sometimes when you realize the side of you that's negative, that is an expression of the positive. I want to just um, say one last thing before we conclude. And that is, so you have to, there's a necessity to teach. You have to do it, because if you don't do it, so then you stay in the same place, and you certainly don't help anyone else to move forward. So there's a necessity to teach. That's what Yubisrael says. Um, in order to teach, you have to become vulnerable. You have to open yourself up, and that makes you grow, and that makes them grow. Once you've done that, the last point is, is you have to pick a safer for your journey. There are many different Muslims for him. What I recommend is as follows. There's lots of Sifrei Musa from Nachrenim. Sifrei Musa from Nachrenim, you don't get to live this process. Sifrei Musa from Nachrenim, you get to live this process. There's a lot of stuff which is not perfectly elucidated and it requires a voider to get there. The, the general, the, the standard Musa Sifrei Musa Sifrei Musa Sifrei Musa Sifrei Musa Sifrei Musa Sifrei the Rambam You have to find the Muslim Sefer that when you learn the Muslim Sefer, you feel they are speaking your language. The styles of the Muslim Sefer are radically different. For example, the Rabbeinu Yoyna leads itself to being emotive. It's, a very, it's charged with deep emotion. Whereas the Ramchal Muslim is very cold and intellectual. The Chayvaz Lvavos is an incredible work of categorization. It's astonishing what he does. Each one has its own flavor, its own thing. The Rambam, who puts it across in the, in, 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 in the mechanism of halachas, is a very different approach to any of the others. So when you're picking up a Musa Sefer, so you have to find a Musa Sefer that speaks to you, and once you've developed a repertoire of the different Musa Sefer, so then you become informed that when you have someone coming towards you, and you understand Matzpun Liboy, you understand where he's coming from, so then you can also know which Musa Sefer will appeal the most to him. Maybe for one person with the Rambam, as another person, they love the way that the Ramchal approaches things and another people and a lot of people do love the Chavos of Ovis. it's much more barichos it's not the same Dirk Boloshin because it was written in Arabic it's a completely different style of limit it's much more content orientated than it is Dirk but each one has its Mahalach you have to develop a way to take a Musa Sefer and go with it when you do that you'll find not only will your life transform but you'll be able to transform the lives of many others if however you remain on your pedestal and all you do is engage in information and transfer information you will stay in the same place and they will at best stay in the same place they'll probably go down